Doug Tyrrell, History and Comment is available on iTunes. Hello friends, I'm Doug Tyrrell. This is History and Comment for Friday, the 5th day of August, 2022. Sir Humphrey Gilbert, a sea captain, explorer, and half-brother to Roanoke settler Sir Walter Raleigh, claims Newfoundland for England in 1583. There had been a fishing village at St. John's going back some time, but this was the first time the Crown had permitted a permanent settlement. Gilbert did not have provisions or people for a long stay and sailed back towards England. He and a couple of ships were lost on the return voyage. 1620, the Mayflower departs England along with the Speedwell, but the Speedwell develops a leak. Four decades before the Revolutionary War, the English courts here in the colonies acquit writer John Zinger of libel against the royal governor of New York. The court ruled what he had published was essentially true. Not all progress is seen in that light at first. 1816, British Admiralty dismissed the new invention of a working electric telegraph as wholly unnecessary. They preferred to keep the semaphore system of flags. The Civil War was expensive to the tune of a million dollars per day. To pay for the war effort, the government levies the first income tax in 1861. The rate was 3% of all income over $800 per year. Figures are vague, but that was a fairly high level of income for the time. The tax will be repealed 11 years later. The cornerstone for the Statue of Liberty pedestal is laid in 1884. A dozen or so years after the first appearance of the automobile, the first traffic light is installed in Cleveland, Ohio in 1914. Actor Parley Bayer was born in 1914. A Utah native, Bayer played Chester on the radio version of Gunsmoke and the Mayberry Mayor, Roy Stoner, on Andy Griffith. Neil Armstrong was born in 1930. He was a Navy fighter pilot in Korea, a graduate of Purdue University with a degree in aeronautical engineering. He was a test pilot for the precursor of NASA in the 50s and selected in the second group of astronauts. He flew on Gemini 8 and, of course, Apollo 11, where he became the first man on the moon. Our next birthday boy made his name high atop a pair of hockey skates. Actually, that's not totally true. His fame on the ice is not making the 1980 Olympic team. The disappointment of being the last guy cut from the team drove him. Herb Brooks did play on the 1964 and 68 Olympic teams, but their performance was overshadowed by the Russians. After playing, Brooks went on to coach, and his desire for Olympic gold drove him with what some would call rabid obsession. He is remembered as the coach of the 1980 gold medal winning team at Lake Placid. Herb Brooks was born in 1937. Country singer Bobby Braddock is 82 today. Do not feel alone if you've not heard the name. But his work has frequented the country top 10. His credits include D-I-V-O-R-C-E by Tammy Wynette, his first number one. Golden Ring by George and Tammy. He Stopped Loving Her Today by George Jones. Would You Catch a Falling Star by John Anderson. I Don't Remember Loving You by John Connolly. Old Flames Have New Names by Mark Chestnut. And the particularly amusing... People Are Crazy by Billy Currington. I live on the fringe of creative and understand that sometimes an idea is just there. But it's amazing how people come up with these ideas from a blank sheet of paper. American Bandstand, as we recall it, debuted on this day in 1957. It actually had a period of five years of trials and changes before they settled on the now-famous format. 
It had been a local show in Philadelphia during the development and was pitched to ABC as a national show in the summer of 1957. It will air on that network for the next three decades. It will continue to be produced in Philadelphia until 1964 when it moved to Los Angeles. Congress limits the amount of military aid to South Vietnam in 1974. Part of the ending of the U.S.'s direct involvement was to continue to supply arms to the South Vietnamese Army. Congress purposely cut this support in what could be argued as a desertion of our former allies and doomed a favorable long-term outcome to the long-running and costly war. In other news in 1974, the Supreme Court orders President Nixon to release White House recordings. Any remaining political support he had quickly evaporated. Not seven full months into his presidency, President Reagan proves that he's not one to be trifled with and will back his words with action. The Air Traffic Controllers Union had decided to go on strike, an action forbidden to federal unions. Reagan gave them 48 hours to return to work or they would forfeit their jobs. They didn't, and he replaced them in mass, over 11,000 in one felled swoop. It will take several years for the system to rebuild, but Reagan did not blink. 33 Chilean miners are trapped in an expansive gold and copper mine in 2010. The event will capture the world's attention when they are all rescued 69 days later. It takes an extreme amount of discipline for an authority to follow its own rules. The Environmental Protection Agency causes a major release of 3 million gallons of toxic mine waste into the Animas River in Colorado in 2015. A closer look at the details gives a clearer understanding of the problem. There were a series of underground gold mines in the area of the Gold King Mine in southwestern Colorado. The underground mines tend to be wet and will fill with water when operations cease and the mine is sealed off. The audit number 7 had begun to drain water after other nearby mines had been closed and sealed. Workers were building a remedy to the issue when a plug blew out, releasing far more water than planned. The fact that the Gold King mine had already filled with water was not understood at the time. Mine drainage, no matter the location, is characterized by high iron and acid content, both leached out of the rock it has flowed through, giving it a typical orange color. That's History and Comment for the 5th day of August. I'm Doug Terrell. Now go do something worth remembering.